Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, guys. My name is Colby Hales, your host, and I am so, so excited to get this thing kicked off and underway. Um, There's been a lot of preparation that's gone into this, and I'm really excited to present a lot of the things that we're presenting to y'all. Yeah, so this is episode one, like I said, and I'm here to just have honest conversation about personal experiences in my life, as well as giving y'all some biblical encouragement, too. So my... For those of you that don't know me, like I said, my name is Colby. I am from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. However, I currently go to school in Lynchburg, Virginia, up at Liberty University. I am a junior up here, and so I've got about a year and a half left of school. But man, the Lord has used Liberty in my life to be really huge. I absolutely love it up here. I'm sure that in further episodes, I'll talk a little bit more about my experience here at Liberty. But for this episode, we're just going to be talking a little bit about my mental health journey and the goal for the podcast. So my heart for y'all is just to for y'all to be able to see really who I am, because I believe if y'all understand who I am, um, you understand a lot of the different guests that I bring on and why I'm bringing them on. But yeah, this is a podcast that's not only going to be about mental health, but it's going to be about a slew of different things. As you can see, the name is Equipped Podcast, and I truly do believe that God equips his children for everyday life. For those of you that were with me before, we kind of launched this podcast a little bit and took a longer break, but I kind of relaunched it recently and kind of redid everything. So I'm really excited to be able to get that out to you. So my past mental health journey, I'm going to kind of go into that first because I believe that that's something that's been a crucial part of my life. So my mental health journey first started when in 2020 when COVID kind of ramped up. So I was a freshman in college in 2020. I graduated high school at the in May of 2020 and then transitioned here to Liberty University in August of 2020. I was here uh, and lived on campus my whole freshman year and it was a different experience than high school. I was really confronted just with the idea that life is not the same anymore. I'm kind of on my own. I'm two and a half hours from home, which isn't too far. I've been very thankful for that journey because my sisters have been eight and a half hours from home down in Birmingham, Alabama. However, um, two and a half hours, I'm more of a homebody, so I am able to travel home whenever I want to see my parents, which is very nice. So um, with my kind of mental health journey starting, the first time I really realized that something was kind of off or different was Christmas break almost of 2020, so my freshman year. And I it was almost like I had woken up in my life was completely different. It was like a cloud was over my eyes. A cloud was in my brain. I had I had absolutely no clue what it was. I didn't understand what it was for probably about three or four months, but I started doing research on why I could be feeling like this. And one of the things that I found was depression. And so I was I started reading the symptoms of depression and I was like, man, that sounds like an awful lot like what I have. I knew in my past, had been kind of plagued with anxiety and I'll go into that a little bit uh, later in the season. However, I knew I had had anxiety already, but I had depression was something that I had never really experienced before. And so depression was new to me. However, I know some of my family members have suffered a little bit with depression. And so one of the best things that I could do was kind of talk to them and see what it was. But again, that was probably four months after I first started feeling the initial way that I was feeling because I didn't know what it was. So when I kind of put a name to what it was, that's when I kind of was like, okay, I can talk to people. I can get help with this. I can know what it is. I started journaling about my story for 
a while before, like I said, I finally brought it up. But I had gotten all the way to summer and summer was, I was kind of in the middle of summer. I was with my dad. I had said, okay, I'm going to bring this up. Tell my dad that I think there might be something wrong, um, but I just don't really know what it is. And so that was the scariest moment. I'm not going to lie. This whole process was just the idea of bringing it up and admitting that there was something wrong. Because, you know, with men and, and guys, we always have this persona that we need to be tough, that we need to be strong. And admitting that there is something wrong was something that was difficult for me. As uh, you, you might be married and listen to this, you might have a boyfriend, you might have a brother or a dad. But for guys, I'll be honest, admitting that we are wrong or that something is wrong or that we've done something wrong is not something that just comes easily. But that's why you know, we pray for a humble heart. But the Lord really just was in that conversation with my dad. We actually, he had asked me to go to Lowe's with him. And I was like, okay, I'm going to bring it up during this car ride. We get to Lowe's. I didn't bring it up. And I was like, well, crud. Okay, I'm going to bring it up while we're in the store. We're in the store. We shop around nothing. And so my only opportunity really was to bring it up on the car ride home. And we were probably about a minute from home. And I was like, dad, I need to talk to you about something. I think there might be something wrong. When I finally verbalized those words, it was one of the most freeing moments that I had ever experienced. It was the first time that I had brought up to my parents that, hey, there might be something wrong here. And it was so freeing because when I brought it up, that was the moment that I realized, okay, there is help out there. My parents, I have a great support system around me. Um, they love me, they care for me, and they, they want to help me. And so my dad said, well, let's talk to your sisters and your mom. And so I sat down with my parents and I just kind of, I just cried honestly and was like, guys, this is what's been going on. I don't know what it is, but I need help. So we had decided to make a, an appointment with our doctor and our doctor who she is so amazing. She's been my doctor for ever since I was born, ever since my oldest sister was born. Um, she was just like, Hey, what's going on? So I finally went to the doctor, told her what was going on. And I had gotten diagnosed with MDD and generalized anxiety and MDD for those that don't know is major depressive disorder. And so that's when the journey started with medicine. Medicine, I'm a huge proponent. I know some people aren't of medicine. Um, some people aren't a proponent of therapy or counseling, but I'm going to kind of tell you all why I am a big proponent of it. And I think that it should be used. I believe that medicine is amazing because God created scientists who developed that medicine um, and to help others. I think therapy is the same thing. Therapy, he has put people that have passions for that in their life where they've paid their way through school to sit down and listen to people's problems. Yeah, I think that people who do struggle with mental health or to struggle with depression, by all means, if you're able to get on medicine or go to counseling or therapy, then 100% try to do those things that are going to help you and spur you on in a positive direction in with your mental health journey. However, one of the biggest things in my life was I was currently pursuing my pilot's license at the time. And because I got put on anxiety medicine, the FAA grounded me. Therefore, I was not able to fly anymore. So that was a bit of a bummer, but I can think that it was kind of the Lord's way of just kind of redirecting me in my paths um, and my career choices. And I'm thankful that he did just because I do enjoy a lot what I'm doing now um, here at Liberty. As I kind of talked with my doctor a little bit more, we started getting on the medicine and I got uh, put on a one specific medicine that didn't really seem to work. And so I just got put on another medicine and another medicine and another medicine. And it was one of the most 
honestly depressing things because every time I started new medicine, I was like, well, this isn't going to work. Well, this isn't going to work. I had finally found a medicine called Wellbutrin that did work for me. However, about three months after I started using it, I started developing an allergic reaction all over my body to it. I wasn't really sure what it was from, but then after trial and error, I realized that it was from my medicine. And so now I had gotten to the point where I was like, I finally found a medicine that I liked, but I can't use it anymore because of side effects. And that was really hard for me because I felt like I had started to begin healing and then I had taken two, three, four steps back and I just didn't understand why God was kind of doing this for me. I then transitioned from my doctor to seeing a psychiatrist and that was a huge blessing in my life through connections that I had that I was able to get in and he was able to prescribe me medicine and the medicine that they prescribed, it was a little bit of a trial and error process with him, but we finally got on medicine and I've been on that medicine for probably about seven months now and it's been amazing. So I've been very, very thankful for the doctors, the scientists, all of those people in my life who have been very in, and influential to getting me on the right track and kind of getting me on my healing process. Again, it would never have happened if I wouldn't have brought it up to my parents that one day. And I'm so grateful that I did because right when I brought it up to my parents, that's when my healing kind of began. Obviously, I know that there are a number of things in life that can cause anxiety, that can cause depression, chemical imbalances, um, just everyday life things because we do live in a sinful world that is, is fallen. But um, thankfully, thankfully, we can kind of lean on our faith that, that uh, it can kind of lead us and guide us through that. So I don't really know why my depression and anxiety is there. I've talked to doctors. I've had a lot of concussions. I've had nine concussions. Um, I've played soccer all my life. Some of them had been through soccer. Some of them had not been through soccer. Some of them had been falling off my bike. Uh, I fell down my driveway. I fell on a slip and slide. I got hit by a bicyclist in DC. Like it was some of the weirdest things. And so they said that could be some of the chemical imbalances that are going on in my head, kind of affecting my mood and kind of giving me mood swings and all of that. However, I do know that throughout all of my mental health journey that the Lord has provided a lot of healing in my life. He's provided opportunities, experiences, conversations that I've been able to have with people that have just been open and honest conversations. And so my goal for this podcast was to really, I felt like the Lord was laying on my heart to go out and have these conversations and record them so that I can go and help other people. For it's not, you know, my story. It is my story, but it is not solely my story. It's how God has used something that's been very significant in my life and transitioned it to something better. We all have trials and tribulations in life. And later on in the episode, I'm going to read something from James 5. But in the beginning of James, he talks about rejoice brothers when you go through trials of many kinds. And that's that's an idea that in something that is so difficult for me to understand. And I would imagine that it's probably difficult for any human to grasp because it's easy to praise God when we when life's going easy, it's easy to praise God when things are going great and there's not really any issues in the world, but it does become more difficult to praise God and follow God when life kind of just honestly sucks. Um, when we don't really know what's going on in our lives. Like I didn't know why I was experiencing this, experiencing this depression and anxiety. However, it was something that I knew that God was using in my life to grow me and mold me into something better. And by all means, he did that. And so I'm very thankful for it. 
I've also been diagnosed with OCD, OCD, excuse me. And, um, that's been a journey as well, because that's something that I experience on an everyday level. And I know a lot of people kind of claim like, Oh, I'm just so OCD when it comes to cleaning or when it comes to doing certain tasks or anything like that. However, experiencing OCD and then just saying, Oh, you have OCD is two completely different things. But Today, like I said, I just wanted to share a little bit of my story and my journey with you and then give y'all some encouraging news about the gospel and just Christ. So this episode is not going to be too entirely long. Yeah, so I gave you a little bit of my mental health journey and my story, and that's still a journey and story that I'm going on today, and it's something that you experience every day. But I want to kind of back up a little bit, and so y'all know a little bit of who I am before my mental health journey and before a lot of my college days. So I grew up in a family of six. I am the only boy. I have three sisters and then um, obviously my mom and then my dad. And so I was the only son growing up, which was very difficult at times because my sisters were were primarily angels. They didn't really do much. But yeah, growing up in a uh, Christian household and going to a Christian school with Christian parents, Christian sisters, being a Christian was just kind of one of those things that I just kind of checked off the box for. I don't think I truly understood it until my later years of high school, what it really meant to be a Christian um, and the sacrifice and the need to having Christ in our life. But yeah, I was one of those kids that was constantly in my school office. I have become, had become at the time, very, very close with my principals and assistant principals only because of the fact that they loved me because they saw me through the eyes of Christ. However, I didn't like them because they were the ones disciplining me. But um, needless to say, I have a great relationship with them now because I spent so much time with them. Um, And that kind of goes into how I found Christ. It was my 10th grade year after um, I had lost two really good friends, one in seventh grade and one in 10th grade. And I was just kind of rebelling. Um, those those friends that I had lost, uh, they had both tragically died. And I just did, was bitter at God, was bitter at everything else in the world. And that kind of caused me to lash out and, and rebel. And um, I'm not making excuses for my actions, but my actions definitely did not point towards Christ. God was able to use the the administrators in my life at the time to lead and guide me to Christ. And so I was in the office once again for something that I had gotten in trouble for. I had to call my dad, I think it was. This was December 12th of 2016. Um, So almost pretty much six years ago, almost. So we were in the office and I had just broke down. It was one of those times where I had just broke down And I was so tired of upsetting my parents. I was so tired of hurting them and making them sad. And and just it was affecting my relationship with my parents. And it wasn't anything that they were doing. It was everything that I was doing um, because they loved and supported me through everything. They tried to get they tried to help me as much as they could. But I just didn't really want anything to do with it. However, Rick Bonner was his name. Um, He was my principal at the time. And he was a military guy, and this dude is big. He's like six foot four, I'd probably say. And he was an intimidating guy, but he had probably one of the best hearts out of any person that I'd ever met, where he loved students, he loved discipling students, he cared for them. And so I'd taken a lot of trips to his office, but this office was this trip to the office was a little bit different. I broke down and it was the first time in my, I guess, sixteen years of living at that time that I had realized that I needed a savior, 
that I couldn't save myself and that the track that I was going was, I was doomed down that track. I wasn't, I wasn't going to amount to anything. So I had called my dad and, and told him everything that I'd have. And I'd hung up the phone. I started having the conversation with Mr. Bonner about, look, I, I don't think that I'm a Christian and I think that I, I need to be saved because it's not enough to just know who God is. You have to fully, fully know him and trust him um, and invite him into your life. And that was something that I hadn't done at that point. I'd grown up going to a, a Christian school. I grew up going to church every Sunday. I grew up going to youth group and all of that stuff. And that all of that stuff is great. I, I am a big proponent of it. But if you don't know Christ fully and have an intimate relationship with him, then it all amounts to nothing. You know, I can know all of the parts to a car, but I don't know how to fix a car. I knew every Sunday school answer, everything that you could know about Christ, but I didn't know how to save myself. I didn't know how to fix myself. And it's because I simply could not do that. That's why God sent Jesus to to save humanity. To to John 3.16 says it best, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and if you don't if you don't have that intimate relationship with christ you won't have eternal life and so december 12 2016 my principal mr bonner um led me to christ and i i prayed the sinner's prayer and i acknowledged that i needed a savior and i called my dad back um and it was just great rejoicing i was so so grateful for the opportunity to have and go to a Christian school in high school because at the time I didn't realize how much importance of it was. But now I realize that if I hadn't have had those administrators, how much life could be different. Um, but I'm so grateful for them and and the, the men that I've had in my life, as well as women too. My mom is an absolutely incredible mom. I've been so thankful for her. I know that there were probably times where she very much disliked me and disliked the things I did. Every guy knows when you hurt your mom, it sucks. You know, you hate to see your mom upset. You you hate to uh, really hurt her heart. Um, but that was something that now that I was on this better track and better road that I was hoping to not go through. And I was kind of expecting this perfect life now that I was a Christian. But that's obviously, as people know, that's not how the Christian life works. Um, we are now showered in God's grace and mercy, but you're going to make mistakes. And I think that mistakes are just a part of life. And I'm going to do an episode on... Uh, self-forgiveness because self-forgiveness has been something that's been so crucial for me and my life about understanding what forgiveness in the eyes of the Lord is. But there's a big crucial point of forgiving self. Guys, like y'all are going to make mistakes. And when I say guys, I don't mean just men, but like male and female, we're going to make mistakes because we live in a broken and sinful world. Um, but not harboring those mistakes, taking away from those mistakes um, and learning is something that's very crucial. And you've got to get to that point in life because if you're just so focused on the past, it's going to hurt you. I, I heard a quote the other day and I thought it was so good from a counselor. And she said that living in the past causes you depression. Living in the future causes you anxiety. But living in the presence, that's where you can live in the peace of God. And so I challenge that with y'all today for those of you that might live too much in the past or too much in the future. And I've done everything. I've lived in the past. I've lived in the future. The one thing I've struggled with is living in the present. And so that's what God is really showing me now that when you live in the presence, you can 
really feel the peace of God. And so I've just been very thankful for that. As I wrap this episode up, I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about my life and where I've been. And I know that you'll hear my story a lot more and you'll probably hear it more in depth, but I kind of wanted to give y'all some biblical encouragement before I head out. So uh, this podcast not only is a mental health podcast, because there's going to be many topics and guests that I bring on here that don't necessarily have uh, journeys in mental health, but they're able to talk about a number of different things about leadership or it's about um, just life in general. Like I said, my mission is to help others through honest conversation, personal experiences, and biblical encouragement. And so I've had honest conversation with you all today. I've kind of told you some personal experiences. And so now I kind of want to give you all some biblical encouragement. So I'm reading out of James 5 right now, and it starts in verse 7. And the kind of title for this is just patience and suffering. So if you haven't been able to get in the word today, basically I'm going to read verses 7 through 12 to you and just kind of talk a little bit about how much it's um, impacted me as I was reading it the other day. But uh, verse 7 for James 5 says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So, um... I don't know what it was. This James 5 verses 7 through 12 really just reached out to me because of, I guess, the title patience and suffering. Patience is something that we as humans struggle with a lot, especially when it comes in times that uh, of suffering. And so being patient before God, because we know we don't know God's plan in our lives and not knowing for a lot of us who are control freaks including me, can be very difficult when we don't know the outcomes of things or we just want to know the outcomes of things. But a few verses that kind of just stood out to me was, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Excuse me, hiccup. That is verse 8 in chapter 5. And it's so powerful because establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. We don't know the, the time for the coming of the Lord. It's something that only God knows, for even the Son does not know the time, the second coming of God. And so it is an encouragement to me to just live your life on mission. And by no means have, am I telling you or you're hearing this and you might be thinking, well, it just seems like he's got everything uh, worked out well in his life. That is by no means what's going on. For those that know me know my struggles, my my fears, because I'm vulnerable with a lot of people and I'm, I want to be vulnerable with y'all. That's my heart for this. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. The Lord is coming again. And so being able to root yourself in Christ because, you know, living of the world is not something that is satisfying. For I, I have done that multiple times. I go through waves where I do that, where I don't even open my Bible and I feel the weight of everything. I just, it was actually earlier this week that I was feeling the weight of everything. And I realized that social media had been such a distraction for me. And I was like, man, this is just, 
not good at all. And so I kind of prayed to the Lord, like God lead and guide me to how I can be, get on the right path with you, how I can have that fire in my heart to want to open your word and and talk about you and and do the things that are honoring to you. And it just kind of came to my head while I was driving. It was, you know, Satan is using social media to distract you because I can sit on social media for three hours a day, but how often am I, am I opening the word? And that was like, I wasn't even open the word for 30 seconds or three seconds. Um, I, but I was sitting on social media for three hours a day. Anytime I had an extra moment while I was walking to class, why I was in the bathroom, why I was waiting on food, why I was cooking food, it was just social media, social media. And it's, it, you can get so wrapped up in it and it's dangerous. It's a very dangerous game. However, I know there are um, positives to social media, but with every good, there's always negatives with it as well. And I think that I had really just let social media kind of dictate my life. So I decided to delete it for the time being and kind of, uh, get myself back on track with Christ and back on track just mentally. I think it started taking a toll on my mental health as well um, with just the comparison of things and all the other stuff that kind of comes with it. So I just decided to delete it for right now. So I challenge y'all, if that's something that you're struggling with, um, try deleting social media for a little bit. It might help you, it might not, but it's helped me a little bit. And so that's just something that I thought I would encourage you with. He talks about um, in verse 9, Do not grumble against one another, brother, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. And when he's talking about the judge right there, he's talking about Jesus. For Jesus is standing at the door. Um, And I think that that was a powerful verse that came out to me because we as humans are so quick to judge other people. We need to stop judging other people and start looking at ourselves. You know, we need to start looking at the log that's in our eyes before we start taking, try to take the speck out of other people's eyes. And I think that just this reminder that the judge is standing at the door and that judge is Jesus, it's not ourselves. You know, we don't get to say, well, you've lived a good life, you can go to heaven, you can go to hell. That's for that's God's job. That's Jesus' job. It's not our job. Our job is to, as a Christian, live live our daily lives out giving honor to God. And so this is a great reminder in James to just do that. In verse 10, it says, As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. And in verse 10, they're talking about the prophets who spoke of Jesus before his coming. They got ridiculed, they got killed, they got mocked, but they knew that they had a purpose in telling people about the Lord's coming. We have that same purpose. We have that same purpose. To, to tell people of the, the second coming of Christ. They have to make the decision, but it's on us as Christians to be able to go out and live that life that's honoring to God. And I have not gotten that right. Like I said, I've failed many, 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 many times. But it's my encouragement to y'all to go do that because non-Christians don't read the Bible. They read other Christians. And if you're a Christian and you're living the same life as a non-Christian where you're engaging in the same things, you're talking about the same things, they're going to be like, how am I any any different than this Christian that's right beside me? And if you're not living the life that's honoring to Christ, it's hard to tell the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. Now, I'm not saying that Christians are going to get everything right because we're sinful people too. We're bathed in, in righteousness and, uh, and God's grace and mercy and, and his forgiveness. Um, I'm going to do an episode on Job as well. And it talks about Job at, at the end of verse 11, where it says, you have heard the steadfastness of Job and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Um, even in a situation like Job's story, which is just one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I think if I could sit down with any person in the Bible, 
one of those people would be Job, just to kind of hear his story and talk to him about the things that he went through. Because there's going to be a lot of times in life where you feel like Job, where you feel like Job and you don't know what's going on. You feel like you've been led into a dark room and you can't see Christ. You don't know where he's at. But trust me, he's there. And he wants you to trust him that he's there. And he is still holding your hand. He's leading and guiding you. So in the next few weeks, uh, I'm really excited because I'm having one of my friends on the podcast next week. Um, The following week, I'm having someone that is, I would say, most of y'all will probably know him. I would say he's somewhat famous, pretty famous. Um, But I'm excited to be able to do that. And then the following week, I'm hoping to have um, a few other guests on where um, it's going to be just a lot of great conversation. Again, it's going to be a little bit about mental health, a little bit just about life, um, and just kind of personal experiences on an honest conversation. So I'm very thankful for y'all. I'm thankful um, just how God has kind of led this podcast already. But if you would like to get in touch with me uh, about potential topics or just questions or encouragement, um, I would love encouragement because this is not an, an easy job at all, but I enjoy it so, so much. I know that the Lord has kind of put it on my heart to do this. And whether it helps 100 people or it just helps one person, it's it's worth it to me. And I think that that's, if it helps one person, I know my, my mission and journey, and I, I know it hopefully will. So uh, if you want to reach out to me, the Equipped Podcast has an Instagram. It's just equipped.podcast. That's E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Um, I have a link tree in there as well where you can go to Spotify and Apple Music where you can access the different areas that you can listen to our podcast. Um, My personal Instagram is there as well. Feel free to reach out to me on my personal Instagram too. I'd love to hear from y'all. But for real, guys, it's been real. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see y'all next week for the next episode. Peace out. Peace out.